This podcast was brought to you by 18 Maiden Lane Productions. Hello and welcome to Heavenly Features, a weekly podcast where two friends get together and talk about films. I'm Sophie. And I'm Tyler. How's it going? And today it is my choice and uh, we're going to be talking about the film Falling for Christmas. So today we are rejoicing in the rejuvenation of Lindsay Lohan's acting career by talking about her new Netflix film Falling for Christmas. Uh, It's directed by Janine Damien and produced by Lindsay herself. And it also stars Lindsay and... Cord Overstreet. I have to get this out of the way, okay? Like when I was looking up this film, I may have misread his name as Chord, and now I can't see as anything else. So he's Chord forever in my mind. Um, I, but it is totally me being a dick. Um, well, but also you've now incepted it into me, so I can no longer think of him as anything other than Chord. He's Chord. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Even though it clearly says Cord. I just had yeah. a moment, okay? Um, I'm so sorry, Cord. Um, <laughs> so in so. Going back to my intro, <laughs> it stars Lindsay and Cord Overstreet, um, and this film is 98 minutes of Christmas cliches. Uh, whilst the last few years has seen Lindsay on our screens in supporting roles and in the docuseries about her clubs in Greece, uh, millennials worldwide have been thirsting for a return of the teen rom-com queen herself, and the release of this festive feature has had the internet screaming with glee. In the first of her multi-feature deal with Netflix, which I'm so excited to see what else comes out of this deal, um, Lohan plays Sienna Belmont, an indulged heiress with a nauseatingly narcissistic boyfriend who has a tough dilemma, so she has a tough dilemma, of deciding how to refuse the cushy and ridiculous pseudo-job of Vice President of Atmosphere at her father's chain of elite hotels and resorts. However, one disastrously dangerous trek up the mountains leaves her an engaged, lost amnesiac who is rescued by an incredibly bland love interest with a tragic story. Will she remember her name? Will he get a personality and a range of facial expressions? Will his child ever stop smiling? That is what we'll be discussing today. whilst we look at this film. (laughs) So I went into this film um, expecting to absolutely love this cheese fest. And I have to say, I loved Lindsay in this film, but it wasn't the best of films. It wasn't the worst of films. There we go. I've got a bit of Charles Dickens in there, very cultured. So what did you think, Tyler? (laughs) Look, loving the return of Lindsay. Uh, You know, I'm all in for that. That's for Lindsay. I did not realise that it was a multi-picture deal with Netflix. Yes. That has just made my fucking night. Absolutely ecstatic about that. Um, uh, Yeah, as you said, like, millennials are rejoicing all over the world. However, this film is definitely not the worst I've seen. Absolutely, definitely not. It's definitely not the worst that you've recommended. Uh, Fuck you. (laughs) But... (laughs) Yeah, look, it wasn't great. I did... So, for me, the worst part of this film was... So, you know how you you struggle when something's really cringe? Yes. And you have to, like, step away from it. I spent the entire beginning of this film... Anything with... Was his name Tag or Tad or... Tad. Tad. Okay, you should know I, they I, said I, it enough. <laughs> I've got it written down in my notes as Tag. So, uh, I will... From, I'll be referring to him as Tag. Um, Tag and Chord. Exactly. For me, the worst parts were him. I was watching it with my hood up, hiding away. I was so uncomfortable anytime he was on the screen. I felt it so cringy. I just, it made me so uncomfortable. I just, I couldn't. So as soon as he wasn't really in it as much, spoiler alert, uh, for like a, a section of the film, I felt a lot more relaxed. That's really interesting because... 
whilst I found him quite difficult to take because clearly he's meant to be like a parody of a social influencer, but it's clearly written by like a 50 year old man um, who thinks like, oh, the youth, look at them and their stupid jobs and what they're doing today. And he is like insufferable as a person. Um, But I just thought it was, he was like so blown up to be almost too ridiculous that you couldn't ever take it seriously that Sienna or Lindsay had ever been seriously interested in him. So it kind of was a bit of an odd one, but I did find him at least to have some flavour in what otherwise was a little bit bland when we get to Chord. Um, (laughs) Bless him, bless his heart. He... uh, he wasn't giving me a lot at least Lindsay I mean particularly like I love that she's basically playing herself for like 70% of this movie until she like has to get emotional and then I'm like Lindsay can act um so (laughs) you know it it was one of those scenarios where in all fairness she's not really you know acted a huge amount recently so I get like it might be you know easier to play almost like a version of herself in this and to be honest there's something really camp about that and I kind of loved it but yeah she, I I enjoyed Lindsay for the most part in this film and she was in like 98% of her performance um we will talk about that standard at the end oh my god it was so obvious I loved it but yeah Tad, I didn't mind quite so much I was glad he wasn't in the whole thing cuz he would have been really irritating but I found he had a bit more flavour than Jake, is it? I mean, even the oh, name. <laughs> I, I, firstly, don't diss the name. What about Jake and Hamilton? Oh, God, uh, that's true. I love Jake <laughs> and Hamilton. Young Americans for life. Um, but <laughs> I I was so much more relaxed when Chord was on screen. I could actually, like, sit and enjoy it. Whereas uh, when Tad was on screen, I just was, I like wanted to suck myself into the couch. I just, I was so uncomfortable and hated every second of him being on the screen. Whereas Chord, as much as he was a bit bland, he also had kind of the life I want. I was about to say. A log cabin in the woods with a cute kid and like. Flannels. Flannels. I was just like, yes, Chord, get it. I'm so sorry, Cord Overstreet. Seriously. Yeah, I, I'm just you I cannot think of your name as anything other than Chord because of so. I'm sorry, it's so. because it was such a ridiculous name in my head and I laughed for a full two minutes before I realised I am the reason that I should be laughing because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, yes, but then you then you shared it with me and now that is forever his name. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, uh, like the fact that he is like he has a story behind his name. That it's because of the chords and his family are like musicians. It's like got a lot of meaning behind it, and we're calling him Chord. Like it's very disrespectful. We are assholes. We are <laughs> yeah. so, we are awful people. That's why. So I'm However, sorry. However, it will not change. No, we are unapologetically assholes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we apologize. We just don't do anything about it. Exactly. We're problematic. Okay. Oh, talking about problematic. Champagne for breakfast is glamour or alcoholism? What do you reckon? Oh. It's glamour slash my family. That's what we do every Christmas. Do you not wake up to champagne? I mean, by that I mean prosecco. I don't like I don't like champagne. But also, like this seemed like an everyday thing: caviar and champagne. Which also, oh, in the morning, first thing sounds awful. I mean, the caviar you can scrap for me, but yeah, if you give me a nice bucks fizz or 
mimosa as if we were American. Um, in the morning, I'm happy out. Yeah. Mimosa is. And mimosa is just Buck's Fizz. It's a yeah. Fizz. Buck's Fizz is my grandma always called it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a Fuck's Fizz. Um, yeah, it's just, oh. mimosa is just Buck's Fizz. It just sounds classy. Whereas in England, we're like, give us a Fuck's Fizz, love. <laughs> <laughs> to the yeah, two-year-old. Look, you know, in Venice... Okay, maybe four. Uh, no, like two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've seen the pictures, yeah, I know, Tyler. I know. Look, my dad's Irish and my grandma has Scottish ancestry, so you know, it was just gonna—that was just gonna be my life from day one. <laughs> true, true. So this film follows a lot of cliches and stereotypes, and we do get the classic um, two love interests bump into each other. Um, at the beginning of the story. And one thing I did find slightly implausible is that if you saw somebody dressed like Lindsay Lohan was dressed at the beginning of this film, absolutely fabulous, like clearly standing out, glamour, amazing, you would remember that. Even more so if she was the daughter, I mean, I guess maybe he didn't know it, but like the daughter of the person you were trying to impress because Chords, um, <laughs> his his whole thing is that he's got this lodge that's losing money and they're going to have to close down and he wants to get Sienna's um, father to maybe be an investor in his business. Even though he's literally the rival hotel owner in the same area. Didn't make sense, I know, but... <laughs> Nevertheless, um, they have the classic bump into each other. Somebody spilt something on someone. Oh my god, horrific! Um, and if again, I found it really bizarre that later on, when he meets her after she's crunched her neck and smashed her head in, uh, but hasn't got a single bruise, um, she um, no, ladies don't bruise. Did you see the way she went into that tree? She'd be dead. She would, she would be paralysed at the very least. Yeah. And at least have a bruise on her head. I mean, it was like crunch central. My God. <laughs> um, my, honestly, I, I was shocked about how violent it was. Do you know, one, one of the things I said in my notes was, wow, Santa's a dick. He, <laughs> like, he instead, in order to make the little girl's wish come true, he nearly killed two people. <laughs> Yes, and that was a creepy Santa. Yeah. The way he kept smiling and then he had this kind of Botoxy face. I wouldn't want him to come down my fucking chimney, I tell you that much. No, thank you. I'll be blocking the thing up. Mm-hmm. Well, then he gets stuck in the chimney. Yeah, nah. And the girls and boys won't get any toys if we don't let them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could just fuck off with Rudolph, thanks. Although I kind of like okay. Rudolph. <laughs> I was hoping you'd finish the rest of the song. Oh, sorry, I missed my cue. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Um, He doesn't recognise her later on, um, which I found to be more than implausible. But nevertheless, before that, we do see her in this absolutely stunning ski outfit. That pink outfit, I am obsessed with it. I would never wear it, but I'm obsessed. Um, Look... (laughs) It was a look. It was a look. It was fabulous. Like, come on. They are ugly ski suits. They're super ugly. And she had hot pink with, like, weird kind of little furry boobs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I'm on your side now. Yeah. <laughs> Name, you say furry boobs, I'm in. 
That sounds weird, but sure, I'm going to take it. Um, so she's wearing this beautiful outfit because her and Tad are going to go and take some pictures at the top of a ski slate, like mountain lodge or something because someone else has geotagged where it is and again this is a 50 year old man writing uh what the kids today do yeah um so even though sienna doesn't ski she goes to somewhere incredibly dangerous um and then uh she's proposed to and the ring's too big and then she falls off the side of a fucking mountain and as i said crunch central after that she goes smack bang into a tree and it was more violent than was necessary is all I'm going to say. It w- was pretty graphic. And also there was no blood, though. Like, I've I've fallen off things and hit my head way too many times to count. Hence my personality. And uh, I've always gotten a bruise and a fucking lump. And fuck me. Like, she hit it hard. And absolutely fuck all. And same with um, Tad. I still want to call him Tag. He fell off a fucking mountain. And it's just like, A-okay. We really are meant to just suspend all reality because for many reasons, um, the amnesia plotline, the the fact that she's not, you know, somehow completely incapacitated um, (laughs) or bruised in any way. Most Christmas movies, especially, you're meant to just suspend disbelief. Exactly. Most movies in general you are, but like especially the Christmas movies. So I can totally get around all of that side of it. The the poor writing of Tad is probably the bit for me that I'm like, oh, the most. I find this so fascinating because you were clearly like found that the worst, whereas I thought that Jake was like the most poorly written and acted character in the whole thing. Tag Tag was the worst. He had no facial expressions. He just likes looked slightly wistful all the time. And this as if that was meant to be like, I have trauma. (laughs) Yeah. The entire time. This uh, you know earlier you were saying this film is full of tropes, um, which a hundred percent is. For me, the worst trope of the lot that they did was the the daddy issues slash wanting to get with your daddy. So like they made not only the chord and daddy Belmont have the same hair, but they both had lost their wives to death. They both had to bring up little girls by themselves. And then that's that's the love interest then. Both own ski lodges. Exactly. I had not put that together and this has made this film even more problematic. I was like, oh, daddy issues, here we come. <laughs> like, oh my God. They had the identical hair. Not just that. Yeah, it's both. It's the blonde, sort of just slightly off middle parting, sweeping down hair. You look at Daddy Belmont. He is he's chored in a few years. I say that I love that you're calling him Daddy Belmont. It's like bloody Annie. What was his What was his name in Annie? Oh, Daddy um, Warbucks. Daddy, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like bloody Daddy Warbucks. Well, because I think his <laughs> his name is Beauregard Belmont, and I just can't it deal is. with Beauregard. Whereas Daddy Belmont, for some reason, I can deal with. Oh, Daddy. <laughs> you got Daddy issues. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Now, okay, so the dad as well, he he wasn't like a problematic character, which is what I thought at first he would be. No. I thought he, he was, was actually be... one of the most rational. Yeah, I thought he was going to be pushy and over the top, and that's why she was so scared to tell him she didn't want to be this fake job which also i wish i had her issues i know right and if you were 
the vice president of atmosphere, what atmosphere would you be in charge of? Oh, the atmosphere would firstly definitely be champagne for breakfast, but also uh, like log. Yes. It would be Chord's Lodge. Ah. So, but the main issue I have with this entire film is part of something that she could have changed with her atmosphere. It's this five-star ski resort, right? It's this like beautiful, posh, over-the-top luxury place that Daddy uh, Belmont owns, and they stop for hot chocolate when Chord is asking for money, and the cart has not only hot chocolate, not in a heated thing, so it will just go cold. You're in the middle of fucking snow. But they give it to you in takeaway cups. You're in a fucking five star ski resort. You're telling me you can't give me a china cup? Oh, oh. it <laughs> fucked me off royally. And also, oh my gosh. one of my biggest pet peeves with films in general, and I understand why it's done, but it pisses me off, is empty coffee cups being well, like waved around. Mm. I was like, not only you couldn't fucking spring for an actual fucking cup but you're just waving around a piece of paper pretending you're drinking a fresh hot chocolate. Annoyed the shit out of me. So if I was in charge of the atmosphere there, you'd have a china mug. <laughs> there we go. Little pinkies up and everything. Um, I loved that he bumped into her, spilt hot chocolate over her, and then she went to lunch and clearly didn't have a problem wearing the same outfit. Well, that's because there's nothing in the fucking mugs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. I don't know what atmosphere I would create, but I think it would have to be much more fabulous than whatever they were serving. Well, I was just trying to think of what atmosphere you would create. But I don't... Like, I think I know you very well, but I don't know what sort of atmosphere you would create for others. And that maybe sounded a bit bitchy, actually. I didn't mean it to. (laughs) But, like... You don't care about others to create atmosphere for them. (laughs) That's not how I meant it at all, although... um... (laughs) No, I just don't think, like, I can't see you ever being in a hospitality environment. So that's why I'm like, yeah, nah, nah. Whereas I've worked in hotels before. True. So I'm like, all right, well, yeah, here I can, uh, yeah. Whereas I, like, I don't, I can't see you ever working in a hospitality environment. The place seemed a bit sterile. I think it would have to be a lot more, like, camp and fabulous, I think. It would be, like, a resort with a capital R if I was in charge of atmosphere. Yes. It would be a spectacle. Uh, And more so than, like, the weird, like, CGI hot um, swimming pool they kept focusing on on the outside of the hotel. They did it, like, four times. And I was just like, what is with this? It's like, oh, that's how it's glamorous. Yeah. But... That would not be my focus for glamour. Mine would be that everybody wore such fabulous ski suits as as uh, Sienna and things like that. I also think what you would do is probably similar to what I would do: is have a like projector set up playing old Christmas films and stuff. Yes, and so everyone can get hot chocolate in mugs, not in fucking paper cups, and snuggle under blankets. And watch a projector of like It's a Wonderful Life or like any of the maybe Dolly Christmas. I was going to say I don't want to depress people. <laughs> I've actually never seen It's a Wonderful Life. You said so... last year, and I can't believe you still haven't watched it. Why? You know I'm a great procrastinator. Hi, but it's Christmas time, and I have watched a few Christmas films, but not that one. Does Does it have Dolly or Lindsay in? Then I'm out. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but I think okay, so. We've we've established that we would run a better hotel than Daddy Belmont, yes. um, and 
But again, Lindsay seems so scared to tell Daddy Belmont that she doesn't want this job that he has just created for her. Which, I'm sorry, that's not a problem. That is not a problem. Like, who created that as the issue in the film? I I want to say that the film was self-aware enough to be trying to make itself camp. But it just, it was, it wasn't though. It wasn't fabulous camp, but it was trying to be in many ways. But the drabness of some of the other characters really pulled it back. But I know you're you have a big issue with chores. I do. He was very beige. Yeah. See, I didn't have a big issue with Chord because I think he was a welcome respite for me after Tag. You really should be sensitive to pronouncing people's like names correctly and stuff, considering know. you know we talk so often about how validating it is for people to use correct pronouns and names, and we go Chord and Tag, and Chord is particularly like horrific considering it's his actual name. Um, well, like I've literally just changed my name and pronouns, and I'm like, but fuck everyone else's. <laughs> we really yeah, should try no. our best. Hundred um, percent, but I'll. <laughs> Also, like, I don't think that they would actually have an issue with this. If I thought they would, then I wouldn't do it. Listening. You've just been in a film that's probably very successful on Netflix with Lindsay Lohan. They are not listening to this. Well, not only that, but they got paid a shit ton for it. One hopes, one hopes. Um, Yeah. And they all did a great job. Yeah, sure, sure. He just wasn't my favourite. I wish the best for him. But um, range of emotion was not necessarily expressed, in my opinion, by him. Um, so, But then I don't know if there was that meaty emotion for him to get into. Why do you think that Lindsay and Cord had much to... Like, they didn't really have much chemistry at all. Also, with regards to that, uh, yes, I don't think they had much... I don't think Lindsay had chemistry with anyone in this. And I don't think that's her fault. I think that they had so little chemistry that that is why she had someone stand in for her for the romantic kiss at the end. She was just like, fuck this. We clearly have no chemistry. I don't want to kiss him. So I'm going to get someone else to do it because I'm a producer and I can do that. Interesting. See, I didn't, I, like, I, I watched them and I was like, yeah, okay. I can believe it a little bit that they're like falling in love or whatever. Ish. I'm trying to be nice, uh, but for me, the main thing with their like relationship is Lindsay's personality in this. I keep calling her Lindsay, and I know that it's not actually her, but Sienna. she. So she had the accident and was this spoiled brat still for a like a little bit, and then it flipped randomly halfway through her being like in that hotel it would have made more sense in my opinion for her to not remember that she was a spoiled brat and fair enough not know how to do anything but not be a dick to them at the beginning like you know in the hospital she's a bit of an ass i think Um, that she is basically meant to be like overboard but at christmas rich heiress gets in some kind of accident, gets amnesia, is taken in by some poor old man who has at least one child um, and no partner, who is then essentially just used for domestic work to try and help them get their amnesia back, uh, you know, get rid of their amnesia and find out who they are. And then uh, despite the fact that, I mean, this is more egregious in uh, Overboard, 
than it is in Falling for Christmas or whatever it is. But um, sh- the idea that we're just meant to ignore the fact that he used her for free labour um, is fine because they fall in love at the end. Yeah, which again, I mean, it's similar to that like uh, Beauty and the Beast Stockholm Syndrome thing, like where you're like... Uh in a situation that is maybe problematic but it's fine at the end because they're in love um, yeah I'm not saying that they, this is the same as Stockholm Syndrome but like that sort of problematic stuck in a situation but everything that's happened is absolutely fine because in the end they're happy and in love um, but that's the end of a lot of rom-coms <laughs> absolutely and I have no problem I have no problem with this film like no I'm not it's, it's only using the same tropes that other films are using it's just that that trope or those tropes are quite problematic yeah exactly and uh, like i did enjoy watching it as soon as tad was off the screen um again no no disrespect to him as an actor just the way he was written made me want to die i wanted to just be like sucked into a hole whenever he was on screen um because it was so cringy and uncomfortable but it's the film itself was quite enjoyable to just throw on as a sort of random Christmas movie. It's it's as enjoyable as any other cheesy romantic comedy Christmas movie. Yes. Well, no. No. <laughs> no. I want to say yes, but I think the fact that there is absolutely no chemistry between um, Sienna and Jake is a serious problem of the film. And I really wanted, I went into this film wanting to really love it. It's not like I was going in hoping for it to fail or anything at all. And I love watching absolute trash, but there has to be some kind of connection. And I just really didn't feel it between them at all, mainly because I think Jake was just a soggy crumpet. Um, Okay. Just there was nothing there. Yeah, I okay, I have two I have two things to say on that. Firstly, when I say it's as enjoyable as any other cheesy romantic comedy Christmas film, I do mean the shit ones. Like and I don't mean that in a harsh way. I mean just you know those like generic ones that are on streaming sites that you can put on in the background and just switch off to. Not the ones that you actually watch for oh, I don't want to say you watch for enjoyment because that sounds so mean. But like this It was watchable. But yes. Would I watch it again? Probably not. Okay. Whereas I probably would watch Smoky Mountain Christmas again. Because although that is it's still oh, a bad 100%. film, it was fun and enjoyable and just completely unhinged. And even Imagine Me and You, we've talked about how it wasn't a particularly great film, but there's a lot yes. of great things in it. Um, and I found with this one, I was struggling to find things that I thought, that's great. Even if, like, the yeah. film itself is not great. There weren't things where I was like, oh, but do you see that witchy lady? Or, oh, my God, like, the ridiculous insults and humour that was being used. Or there wasn't... Or even, like, super soppy kind of romantic moments. Yeah, they no, I there. actually... I do agree. I do agree with you on that. I Like, it's not one that I would put on again. It's not... Like, I think I enjoyed the bit after Tad more than if Tad hadn't have been in it because he made me so uncomfortable so I did feel like I could then as a turtle stick my head back out of my shell a little bit but it wasn't for anything then that was like watching like oh I hope they get together or anything and even things like 
when Lindsay and Chord have their like little arguments, they like there's no meat behind them at all. Like he'll say some really fucked up shit. Like I can't remember exactly the words of it, but at some point he he says they're having like some weird little argument with no passion behind it at all. And he's like says something about losing the memory. Mm. And it's such a bitchy, fucked up thing to say to someone who literally has amnesia. And he says it, and then she tries to storm off and gets two steps. And he goes, oh, sorry about that. And she's like, oh, it's cool. Yeah. And it's just, there's no substance there's no behind depth. them at all. Yeah. No. And there's no, no chemistry or emotional connection, like even in, in terms of, even in a kind of love-hate way. It's just, it's just yeah. not there. And that makes it really hard. And what I find interesting is, like, I know you keep saying that you really hated Tad, but I think we're meant to hate Tad. He is the antagonist in many ways. He is the person that we're meant to be happy and relieved that um, Sienna is no longer going to be with. He is meant to be insufferable. We are meant to side with Sienna's dad, finding him really insufferable. So we're not necessarily, yes, we're meant to laugh at him, but we're not meant to necessarily enjoy or like his character that much. And I think with Jake, you are. I agree with that. Uh, Jake, you're meant to fall in love with him and want him to be with Sienna. And I just wanted her to leave the resort and go and find someone in New York City or something. There's plenty more fish in the sea. See, I I agree with you in the sense that uh, Tad is meant to be like insufferable and you're not meant to like him and you know that they're not suited for each other but I couldn't watch him like I was hiding behind my hands and it just made me f- so I could not watch him which made it so I couldn't laugh at him like I didn't find him funny or anything he did amusing I just found it really uncomfortable and not anything to do with him as an actor it's the way he's written i was gonna say i actually think as much as we you may dislike the character or find him cringy i actually think the act did exactly what he was meant to do and did it really well i think actually bizarrely that he was one of the best actors in it you may not like the character but he was doing exactly what he was meant to do even though it was poorly written because even even like uh you know the guy he spoiler alert ends up with in the end harry um he his character is again not a great character. You don't see a lot of him. So he's so Sienna's kind of a, personal assistant. Yeah, and it's very one dimensional, very like basic. But I do think that they're in a. It, he's a very similar character to Tad, in a less over the top way, and yet I do think the actor who played Tad probably did a better job. Yeah, he had more screen time. Absolutely, but I do think he did a better job with what he was given. I think he played it exactly how it was meant to be done. It's just that you didn't really respond well to how it was done, and it was poorly written like the rest of the film. Yeah, oh, absolutely, but I just, like, the whole beginning... uh, When I first started this film, I was like, I'm not going to get through this. I'm not going to be able to sit through this whole film. Because if he'd been in it any more than he was, I would have had to turn it off. I just, it was, it made me so uncomfortable. And I know that's a ridiculous thing for like a fun Christmas movie. 
but I felt so uncomfortable watching him. No, I can understand that. I can understand that. I think, to be honest, the whole film, I really wanted to love it. And they did try to put things in there that they thought the audience would love. Like, for example, Lindsay singing um, Jingle Bell Rock was for millennials who grew up with Lindsay, who love Mean Girls, for the gays that love Mean Girls. <laughs> that is a moment. And the gays that love Lindsay. And the gays that love Lindsay. Exactly. That was a moment. And the fact that this is why I will agree with you that I, I couldn't stand Tad in this moment when he turned it off. It's like the only reason to turn off Lindsay singing to this is to put some share on. There's no other reason. Um, and he didn't. So I was upset with him. But like there were things in there that they tried to do that I felt like were reminiscent of either things that they thought that we'd want to see Lindsay Lohan doing or references to films where, you know, they tried to make her this fabulous character. They tried to make her... Um, behave in a certain way or be in a certain kind of rom-com but it just it just didn't land and I feel so bad because I really really would love to see Lindsay Lohan do more rom-coms in particular because I love her in those um or, she's very good at them. or comedies I think she's really funny she can be great yeah. we've seen so many films where she has been really fantastic in them and that she has done exactly what was meant to be there and I don't know what went wrong here like yes I think it's a script but is it the script because there wasn't enough money behind it were they lazy did they rewrite things and then it wasn't very good like what happened here for it to not work because it should have worked to me it and obviously this is just my opinion uh, I don't know. I haven't actually looked into it and you would never actually find out. So it's just my opinion on it. I felt like they didn't do enough rewrites on the script. I think it felt rushed. I think they it felt like a first draft put forward and filmed. And the none of the characters had depth to them. No. None of the jokes landed. None of the... like. The, the budget seemed pretty good because they had, like, location-wise, the budget was great. But I think that they tried to make it too many things and failed on all counts. True. I would totally agree with you on that because they kept throwing in tropes. Really, once Tad had was out of Sienna's story, we didn't need to see him in, you know until the end, maybe. So that was unnecessary. They had the saving the lodge benefit thing that was as flat as a pancake didn't really go anywhere didn't have the emotional connection that you'd expect because that's like almost like a film in itself you can't have that and the amnesia and all the other things lined up all these tropes they tried to put a lot in there and so a lot of it ended up just not having a huge amount of substance or you can't you didn't have to spend enough time with the characters because they were running around to different tropes. Like, what do we know about Sienna other than that she's rich, she doesn't know what she wants to do, but she doesn't want to do what her dad wants her to do. Um, she has a dead mum who she vaguely remembers very well, considering she was like four, even though the child actress looked way older than that, um, <laughs> in the flashbacks. Um, what else do we know? What are her hobbies? 
What does what are her interests? What does she want to do as a career? You know, who are her friends? We don't know anything about her character at all. All we know about Jake is that he has a dead wife and he lives with his mother-in-law and daughter and his lodge yeah. is failing. Mainly, I would say, because it's absolutely head to toe covered in decorations for christmas they must have spent a shit ton of money on that um and because he's just always faffing about i also think i think that with the lodge absolutely it's it's failing because of what you said but also uh they've had a lot of cancellations take cancellation fees if you keep getting bookings and then cancellations have a cancellation fee but like make them pay a deposit so you at least get some money coming in yeah. from that but also, he is so popular in this town. All of the locals love him. Do you know what he should do? Open it so that there's a, like a local bar there. Yeah. So the locals can come in for drinks with them. 100%. Like, make it a staple in the community. If you're losing money because a big hotel moved in, you have to grow and adapt. So we don't see, really how the business, like, how this new hotel, Sienna's family's hotel, has taken the business away. We haven't no. seen that it's they... It's very different as well. It's a, diff- it's a completely different kind of place. And they haven't... Um, they didn't. They don't show maybe any kind of like aggressive marketing or poaching of customers or anything like that, which indicates why they have suffered so dramatically. So no, because they've made they've made her dad a nice character, yeah, which takes away from the fact that he's quote stealing the business. But he could still have it's... been a nice character because they could have had another character who was being kind of evil in the way that he was going about getting these customers and then at the end the dad goes yeah. you're fired you're shit or whatever they can do all that, that kind could have of been trope. terry yes exactly it could be somebody else you know doing that so but there's no reason there's no tension there there's no tension even with them losing the business i was like it sounds like he didn't even want the fucking business in the end that's what i was just gonna say like he's like oh i'm just gonna move to the city i'm just gonna move to the city oh i know my dead wife wanted this business and it was in her family for a while but i'm just gonna move to the city that he should have been fighting for that the the tension should have been him with a personality fighting for this lodge that his wife and her family slaved over for years and loved and put all of their work into. And he then should be doing the same, not just going, oh, you know, we haven't had a few bookings, so I'm just going to pack it all in and move to the city. Or he should have an inner turmoil of him fighting between wanting to save the lodge and pursuing another career or going somewhere else. And that could be his inner turmoil. But there is nothing there. There's no depth. No, and also, he's going to move to a city which is more expensive. What? What's his trade? What's his skill? Does he have a secret hobby that he could turn into a business? We don't know. He's beige. Yeah, (laughs) and so they're going to sell a failing business, so not make a huge amount of money, to move to a more expensive area with no skills that are good for a city that we've seen. His skills are all suited to being in the country. He is great at fixing things. He's great at like working with trees he's great at like snow he's a great philanthropist yes and he has built up this community we don't know how long he's been there like the daughter's what seven maybe like so he's probably been there at least that long we don't really know because none of the characters have a fucking backstory he got the ski lodge was it as a wedding thing 
Yes, he got the ski lodge as a wedding present, but we don't know when that was. Yeah. How long did it took they move to have him a child? Straight away? What did he do before? Like, no we idea. don't know any of this because none of the characters have any depth or backstory to them. No, and we've got too many things going on because we've got Santa doing the whole miracle on 34th Street where he's making the daughter have a family again. Another plot point that has no depth and doesn't add anything and it's like can we just shrink this can we have one storyline where we get depth of characters chemistry with the characters time for them to spend time together in the plot um rather than doing all these different avenues it was too busy it was way too busy we didn't even need a tad character to be honest like the turmoil like i know I know that that means, oh, she can't get with Jake because she's in a relationship, but she has amnesia. She no. can't get. She doesn't know that she's in a relationship, so we don't need Tag, Tad. <laughs> like, so, like that doesn't really end up being a problem because it's not like she was really in love with him at all. She had absolutely no feelings for him from from what we can establish, and so it's not, and he didn't for her, and he didn't for her, and so it was really bizarre because then when she did remember who she was there was no conflict there of of her being like oh I love Jake but oh I was in love with so and so or I did have feelings for so and so and I'm conflicted between these two things or how do exactly. I tell my old boyfriend that I'm in love with someone else but in a way that isn't you know not going to hurt him because you knew that there was no consequence for Tad because he didn't feel anything for her yeah which also if we just got rid of Tag completely and had the conflict actually being she's meant to be going to work for her dad, who is the direct competition for Chord, then that's the conflict that you need. Whereas they wrote the dad is this nice character yeah. who's meant to be some conflict but isn't. She's scared to tell him and yet all he's ever said to her is I love and support you. Your mother died and told me to look after you and give you whatever you want. That's what I'm doing. I created a role for you to support and love and like show you how you can be this amazing person. But that's not and supporting someone. And she's like, someone. I'm so scared. Like it's it, there was no reason for her to be scared to talk to her dad. They seem to have a great relationship. Yeah. There was no reason for Tad to be in it full stop. There's no like chemistry between her and Chord. But the the way if if they had done this without so many subplots, and it was too busy. Just it was too busy. And if they'd just gotten rid of half of them, it could have been a way better film. If the conflict was that Lindsay remembered then that she's this hotel heiress and meant to be taking this job that she didn't want because actually at heart she's a simple simple gal not this four or five star resort girl then that would have been the conflict you could have you could have done this in so many different ways you could have had that you know um Lindsay uh, sorry Sienna takes a job and as part of the job she gets to know the local businesses and in doing so she learns about the lodge and at first she's prickly because she just wants to you know win and she wants their company to do really well but as she gets to see the wholesome family side of things and she gets to know 
Jake, then she falls in love with him and she learns that it's not all about being cutthroat. That's one storyline. You could have that she is, she's taken over that resort. She's really, really, you know, again, she's bossy. She's owning it all. But then she gets amnesia and she ends up staying in this other place. And they're the competition. Little does she know that that's what happens. She's new in the position, so he doesn't know who she is. And she learns how lovely this is, despite the fact that perhaps she was maybe, you know, she was looking to buy it or bulldoze it or do something to get rid of it initially at the beginning. And by the end, she's like, we don't want to do that. Why don't we, you know, have nice competition or why don't I invest in your company or whatever it is and we can be have a healthy competition? That's a second plot point that you could do. But at least it is one thing all the way through that allows for development and not overboard. Miracle on 34th Street you know every other fucking thing that could possibly be in a in a christmas movie or a hallmark movie i mean it's just too much to take in and there's i get as we keep saying there's not enough substance there they fail on every plot that they do i know i feel so bad because i wanted it to work but then also you've got the you've got the like her amnesia side like where she as i said earlier she changes personality Yes. Not because of the amnesia, but because of randomly, without any substance behind it, two minutes into the film, or two minutes into her amnesia story plot, she suddenly is, like, lovely and wanting to help and do stuff. It just, Like, that made no sense whatsoever. Unless but- you have something in there about how she's had to toughen herself up because she's had a, a father who's busy and absent and she lost her mother at a young age. She, she's never learnt what it's like to have a family. Come on, we've yeah. all seen these films. And then she learns what it's like to have a family. Yeah, and you got none of <laughs> and that. And that's why she softens or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just failed on every point which sucks because i was so excited i know for Lindsay. and i'm still excited for Lindsay to come back like don't get me wrong still watch like, all the other netflix films that she does oh absolutely i just look this yeah it just fucking failed it just fucking failed it was too busy there was too many plot points that none of them came to any point they tried to write characters that are either all the way a villain like Tad, who you just don't really like. But he's not but then... that much of a villain because he doesn't do anything that, that negative towards Lindsay or anyone. He's just unlikable. I mean, he's he's purely with her for clicks and likes. He supposedly is with him for that as well. Exactly, which but that's never established that that's what she wants or needs. Plus, if that's the case, and she's this famous person with a load of Instagram followers and and her Belmont name is so out there, then how is it? Did Chord just not do any research on who he was asking money for? I had a major problem with this because there was one major plot uh, plot hole, which is if you find somebody in a ski resort area um, and they have amnesia, the first thing I do is I would take a picture of them and I would go around all the ski resorts and I would say, do you know who this person is? Because more often than not, if you get amnesia from... Uh, in a ski resort it's because you had a skiing accident which means you're staying in one of the fucking hotels exactly and if that's the only other hotel in that area because it's not a huge area you're gonna just have taken that straight to the Belmont but also to what is it called Jake's what's it something lodge yeah 
yeah, exactly. I can't remember what it's called. Jake it something was lodge. Um, <laughs> I can see why they weren't selling. <laughs> oh, like, I had a lovely holiday. I went to Jake something lodge. It was beautiful. <laughs> that aside, pre amnesia, like Jake went to Mr. Daddy Belmont to ask for money. And what he just walked in there, he knew who Daddy Belmont was. He knew he was asking Daddy Belmont for money. How did he know any of that without doing any research? Fair yeah. enough, if they, this it's... was back in the day with no internet, we have the fucking internet. And Lindsay is a social media influencer because of Tag. Tad. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler, there's a reason for this. It's not well written. <laughs> I know, but it's so frustrating. <laughs> I know. You know what? I, I feel it because I am so frustrated as well. As I said, I went into this wanting this to be a massive cheese fest. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Some of the films that we have reviewed have not exactly been like, stellar amazing films but they've been enjoyable or camp or ridiculous or just entertainment and that's all I was looking at this for I didn't think this was going to win an Oscar I just wanted it to be like a cheesy good Hallmark-esque Christmas film and it just it's so frustrating that we didn't get anywhere close to that and I'm kind of heartbroken for Lindsay even though I'm sure she's doing fine and she's cashed in but I just I wanted it to be so good for her I didn't have like ridiculously high expectations I just went in there wanting the best and the fact that it couldn't even kind of stand up to my biases <laughs> it's a problem the thing is right I consume a shit ton of media I love films and television I any chance I get will watch anything and I will watch the biggest cheese fest or the most highbrow fucking art house shit. Like, I love all of it and everywhere in between. This just failed to be anything. And it's so disappointing. And what really disappoints me the most is, for millennials, we have this love for Lindsay anyway. Like, mm. we grew up with her. Yes, she's been through a lot of hard times, and now she's overcoming it. It's the same as we look at Britney... And are like, yes, come on, Brittany. Like, we are just want the best for her. Absolutely. But if a Gen Z or Alpha watch this, and this is their first take of Lindsay, no one's going to give a flying fuck. And it's not because she was bad in it. No, she was one of the better yeah. people in it. I have to say, like, because I think she, at many times, she was knowingly playing an exaggerated version of herself yeah and then when she had to put the emotions on i actually thought she was all right i thought she was pretty good i i honestly the the thing that i felt the least in this film is her yeah and like that i think great. it is fabulous that she got her stand-in to do the romantic kiss at the end <laughs> i just i can't get over it i think it is like such a bitch move and i love it i i love that that is your like main takeaway from this i fucking love that but uh. Imagine what you didn't know Lindsay Lohan. You hadn't grown up watching Freaky Friday, watching fucking Mean Girls, watching her. Parent Trap. Exactly. You hadn't grown up watching her become Lindsay fucking Lohan. You hadn't had the Samantha Ronson era. You didn't have all of these connections with her. And you saw this film. You would not remember her fucking name. I know what you mean. I I feel like if I was a teenager today and I hadn't maybe watched any like older teenage films, 
And I was like, oh, all the millennials always talk about Lindsay Lohan. Let's watch this Netflix film. I wouldn't get it. Yeah. You'd be like, yet again, the millennials have missed the mark. <laughs> like, it's... Those old fogies. Exactly. Like... I know. And that's really oh. sad because this was, like, one of her big comeback things. But I'm I'm excited to see what comes next. I still have faith in her. If you think I'm going to skip any of them, I'm not. Like, I fucking can't wait for everything she's in. Like, it's the same as, which is not a comeback, because she's just always been around, but the same as Hilary Duff. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll support you 100%. Like, you were our childhood. For you, the Olsen twins. I love those girls. Yeah, like, you support them because you have watched them grow up with you. Whereas if someone's coming in to this, it's the same as, for like, you and I didn't know Chord. I know he was in Glee from looking him up. I I didn't, I, I didn't watch Glee. Um, I I didn't know him before this. No, I wouldn't go out and look at a film for him, with him in it. But I wish him the best, and I really do hope that he can pull a better performance out if it's a better written script. Oh, I have I, nothing I, against him. I think I, he he comes across as a lovely person. And he I have... seemed lovely. I just and I don't know whether his kind of his beigeness is because of the script. Or whether I think it's because it of his acting. I think it was a terribly I mean, it could be written both. film. I think it was a terribly written film. And I will watch him in something again, I'm sure, at some point. But my point is, is I wouldn't go out looking for something with him in. Same as I think that yeah. Gen Z wouldn't go out looking for something with Lindsay in if they'd just seen this. I know. Because it was poorly written and poorly executed. Not on her part. And oh, not on just such a part. letdown. You know what I'm realising? I think this might be, for us, this year's Bishop's Wife. Yes, it's always your film. It's always your film. You you wanted to watch this film as well. And in all fairness, I hadn't seen this before. I, that doesn't matter. I love that it's always your film. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. It's just the way the penny dropped, you know? Next week, we're doing a film that I would definitely have chosen myself. It just happened to be on your week. Yes. Oh, I know. I know. Absolutely. And... I brought you Smoky Mountain Christmas. Oh, I will always thank you for putting Dolly in my life. Um, I mean, I mean, I knew Dolly before. That I'm not saying that this is how I discovered Dolly. Huge fan. But imagine, oh, imagine your life without Dolly in it. She's not worth living. But and you know, I'm only taking the piss when I'm like, oh, I love that it's your film because, like, I think, like, going forward, I'm definitely going to be suggesting films that, firstly, I haven't seen. So it's going to be like, oh, let's watch this one. But also films that you probably won't like. Because you and I have very different taste a lot of the time as well. We do. We do. Um, I think like where our tastes mingle usually comes together when it comes to nostalgia. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of films that we watched as teenagers or young people, um, we both love. Even though if we had seen them at different times in our lives, we may have different opinions on that. Absolutely. Um, I definitely go more for melodramatic camp flair. Yeah. And not to say that you don't like that as well, but you like action films and you also like some really serious conversations. Absolutely. And like, I think we both like both of those things, like a little bit. Like we both dip into like the into each of those kind of styles of films and stuff. It's not to say that I don't watch a serious film and you don't watch a camp film, yeah. but our preferences, if I'm going to sit down and watch a film, I'm thinking of something ridiculous over the top. If it has an Olsen twin, I'm in, I'm even more excited. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you're... I am 
you're Mary Kate and Ashley. I'm Elizabeth. That's yes. the, you know, like if Pretty you want to put it in a basic term. We are basic bitches. Yeah. So you're Mary Kate and <laughs> Ashley and I'm Elizabeth. That's the, and that's, it. it's not that there's not a crossover because they're all Olsons, but it's like, separate. This pro, this, this podcast, I've brought the faculty, you've brought the Matrix or Inception. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, they both have talking points, but they're very different films. Yeah. hundred percent. And I <laughs> fucking love that. Like, I, like that's one of the things I love the most about doing this with you is that also with with regards to like each film that we do watch we both take different things from it true because we are very different people like hugely different I think I think if we met today we would still be friends absolutely but I don't think we would have the same relationship we do because as you said a lot of of our things that we like as nostalgic and I still think if I met you today I would become friends with you because I fucking love you to bits so like of course I would become friends with you but like we are such polar opposite people like as much as we do have crossover in in some interests and some likes we are very different people I'm a sensitive wreck and you're a harsh bitch like definitely like there's there's so many differences between us. Yeah. And I think... That... And it's, it's it's different when you've known each other since you were like 11 years old, which yeah. not to age us, that's like over two decades. <laughs> we've known each other. Oh my God. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's very different when you grow with a person um, rather than when you just meet someone and you're different yeah. in many ways. Absolutely. So. And I, I love that about, about this. Like, I love that about our friendship, but I also love that about this podcast is that we can bring such different films to each other and also yeah. such different opinions on films that we watch. Like, mm. I, I find that fascinating. And and I just, yeah, I think that it it makes watching them more interesting. Yeah, I never know fully what you're going to respond to in a film. And, and that is quite exciting because I think we do pick up on very different things sometimes. And sometimes we, we pick up on the same things and that can be quite surprising as well. Yeah. So, but I have to say, like, although this was maybe meh kind of film, um, I am excited for next week. And this is a film that has a lot of nostalgia for the both of us. And it just so happens that it's on your week, but I could have chosen it as well. That's what I'm saying. Um, you so could, Tyler, but what... you didn't. <laughs> I know. So Tyler, what film um, are you recommending next week? Okay, I am recommending the incredible, the classic, the Sandra Bullock while you were sleeping. Oh, I love it. It's so problematic and yet fabulous. Now, I obviously will go into it next week and I actually haven't watched it yet ready for next week. Uh, so I haven't actually seen it in years. No, no, me neither. I'm savouring it. I'm waiting. Uh, like, I, it's not one that I watch on a regular basis. <gasps> you know what? Last time I watched this is when we watched it before you went to Australia. So what, like 2018? Sure. Yeah, yeah. 2018 was the last time we watched oh. it. Oh, oh my god, the last time we watched it was together. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> that says a lot. Yeah, but I'm so looking forward to the chunky knits. Firstly, I'm wearing a chunky knit tonight. Just you know, oh. ready for it. Um, and also, you know, and I think everyone who has ever met me or listened to anything I've said knows that I am obsessed with Sandra Bullock. Yes. She could do I love anything her. and I would be f- fanboying all over it. Oh, 
I'm so excited to watch it next week. Absolutely. Oh, it's going to be so good. I cannot wait. Um, so this, this obviously, uh, same as every other week, will come out on a Thursday. So tune in for next Thursday's Sandra Bullock classic. Uh, and obviously it's one we've seen before, so we we know we'd like it. So we won't be as scathing as we were on this oh, one. Thank God. Thank God. This was a little bit of a ramble, but we had a lot of thoughts to that kind of process through. Yes. You know? And also, I think with this one, like, yes, we didn't follow any sort of plot because there wasn't a fucking clear too plot. Many and there was also none at all. Yeah. It was, it was too much and nothing at the same time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. However, fully here for Lindsay Lohan, fully support her comeback. I love her. Yeah. I love her. And uh, if you want to kind of follow with what we're doing in general, obviously, you know, like and subscribe to the podcast, but also check us out on Instagram at Heavenly Features Pod. Absolutely. And you can also have a look on uh, our network's website, which is 18maidenlane.com. Now, just to finish this on a a note from this film, I just had a, a quick look at what I'd written down. I do want to just say, and I feel like I neglected this in in the talk on this film. Um, so obviously we see Lindsay learning how to clean for the first time apparently in her life. She tries to unblock a toilet at one point or clean a toilet. It's unclear what she's doing. But she breaks it and it sprays everywhere. And she screams and stands there with her mouth open while the water is spraying in her face. Now... That is a perfect representation of watching this film. Yes, that is exactly it's how I felt the whole way through. Sitting there, watching with a smile on your face, hoping for it to be good, and it literally just throws toilet water in your face. Yeah, you literally have <laughs> shit flying at you. God, that's too graphic. <laughs> too graphic. <laughs> so I just thought I'd leave you on that note. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Hopefully. Please come, come back. back. Okay. <laughs> Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe. And you can follow us on Instagram at Heavenly Features Pod. You can also email us at heavenlyfeaturespod at gmail.com. And you can also find us at 18maidenlane.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by 18 Maiden Lane Productions.